0: very, very grateful to have my very good friend, Jordan. Jordan, you can come on up. Um, Jordan and I have been friends for, what, 17 years? We've been friends longer than we haven't been friends. Uh, since high school, if you want stories of me as a rascal in high school, this is got to ask. But just know that I also have dirt on him, so you won't get too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jordan, I'm so grateful to have you here. And there's a particular reason I asked Jordan to come. Jordan is actually a professional at prayer. Mm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So what do, you, what, do you do for a, what do you do for a job, Jordan?
1: So um, how many of you have heard of Crossroads and 100 Huntley Street? Okay, and so at the bottom of the TV screen, you'll see there's the prayer line. And so my full-time work is to both answer calls and to coach and to lead those that are answering calls on our 24-7 prayer line. Yes,
0: yeah, so Jordan prays for people for a living he thinks about prayer a lot as a result of that, and I'm so grateful to have him come in this week when we're talking about intercessory prayer, praying for others. Uh, I think you've got so much wisdom to bring. I had one question I wanted to ask. Um, as you've been working at the prayer line, you've been there for, for quite a while, like up to yeah, coming years. up on three years. Yep. So as you've been working and praying, you know, eight hours a day or whatever, you know, for people, how has that shifted the way that you think about prayer in your own life?
1: That's interesting because people... <laughs> ask for all kinds of things. And, you know, even over dinner last night, we were talking about some of the, say, unusual things that people ask for. But it does remind me that God cares. Mm. And even the most unusual, strange things, that God cares. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I've learned, though, is part of my role is to collect, like, the praise reports from people that call in and say, hey, you prayed for me, and this happened, and so I get to share those with our leadership at Crossroads and with our, our donors and partners, and, um, and so I read some of these stories, and I'm blown away by the fact that God really does intervene, mm. and the very first praise report I ever got when I was working there was a lady that was praying for her mom to accept Jesus, calling the prayer line for 35 years. Wow. And when her mom was in her late 90s, she finally did. Wow. And so yeah. when I, whenever I talk to a caller that's like, I just I feel like giving up. I don't know if I can keep on praying. I just tell that story. Mm. And I said, oh, <laughs> that, that changes things. Yeah. And I know Jeff did a great job last week talking about how sometimes... Things don't seem to be answered, you know, on the healing journey or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, but I've also seen so many stories where God has intervened, mm-hmm. and sometimes in unexpected ways, yeah. and it's a really powerful, mm-hmm. really powerful thing.
0: Well, I won't take any more of your time. I'm so excited right. to, hear you, uh, to hear you share, and uh, what it is that you've, had, you've come to bring, so thanks so much, right. Jordan. And,
1: thanks so much, yeah. Jeff. And everyone, so good to be here, and good choice of pastor. We, <laughs> we were talking, like, when he was looking for, you know, what his next step was going to be, and talking about different church opportunities and different things, something about this place really just sounded great, and so it's, uh, I'm just really excited, and it's been great to be here for the weekend, and to, um, to just get to see the beautiful area. I got to speak at a camp up near Sobel Beach last summer and just fell in love with, you know, this area. But also, before I give the message, um, I want to just mention that I have a gift for you. Um, Last year, I released a CD, four songs, that I wrote with some friends, and there's a familiar hymn in there too, um, about prayer. And so, My gift to every family or every grouping of people here is a free copy of this. And so before you go, come and grab a CD. I have them on the front row. But that's just my gift to you. And um, I just hope that that's a blessing. All right. Well, great to be here. And I will start just by saying that it is really ironic that I ended up in this work of praying for people and talking about prayer because I never actually thought that that was something I was particularly good at. So when he when he says you're a professional prayer, I'm like, oh well, I do it, and it's something that I, I never felt came naturally to me. But and at times I still don't. But what I've learned over the last couple of years, especially is that God is not looking for eloquence. He's looking for authenticity. He is looking for our hearts more than our words. And words are important, and if we want to be, and I'm going to talk about that later, we want to be in alignment with God's will for for situations, of course, but he wants to hear our hearts. And um, intercession, the specific type of prayer we're talking about is to pray on behalf of someone else. And as Peter read earlier in Daniel chapter 9, really interesting prayer because there's confession involved in that. There's asking for help. There's also a knowledge and understanding of the situation at hand. Like, that's a really deep prayer that we're going to talk about a little bit later. And so I'm going to divide our time today into two sections one is the power of intercession, and the other is the practice of intercession. So why does intercessory prayer matter? What does it accomplish? And then how do we do it? And then we'll actually do it later. I love, that's what I love about this series is that you're doing it. Um, and so when it comes to the power of intercession, we were already kind of talking about that with the question that Jeff asked, is that there are so many stories I could go over um, personally and listening to callers and all of this, where God really did intervene. And I would say, like, I had a a challenging circumstance earlier this year where I was just dealing with some health issues and ended up needing to take a month off work and really contemplated, like, what my next steps were. Should I go and do something else? Like, I don't know know where. I, I was just in a dark spot. But I can remember some very specific moments in that season where intercession radically changed the story. And so I'll tell you about one particular morning. I was at the office at Crossroads, and I really wasn't feeling well. Things were were rough. And so I went to some of my colleagues, and I said, I just asked, can you pray for me? And when they were praying for me, some of the things that they were saying were speaking to things that I hadn't even told them about. And that's a cool thing, right? When you are praying with and listening to the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you to say things that maybe you didn't know. And that's, a, and that's a really cool thing. I've seen that happen many, many times. Anyway, so they said some things, and it was really, really moving. And right as I was going back to my desk, um, my pastor texted me. And said, I was praying for you this morning, and I just want you to know this. And it was the exact same thing that the person in the room had said to me. I'm like, okay, there's confirmation, that's great. But I'm a puddle of tears at this point, and I am not a crier. But I'm a puddle of tears at this point. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to go for a walk. I just, I can't just I can't do this right now. So I get up and I go for a walk and I pull out my phone to listen to some music. and it normally doesn't just randomly start playing something, but this time it did. The only time this has ever happened to me, when I go to the music, like when I open my phone, and there's like a song there ready to be played. And it was a song called, I Know He Heard My Prayer. Okay, I absolutely lost it at that point. The fact of the matter is, is that it even took, it took another two months for that situation To be resolved. But it was in that moment of intercession that I knew that God heard and was speaking through people in that situation. So that was really a neat thing that happened. I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day that was telling me this great story when someone had asked her to to pray and. So she was just praying kind of generally. He didn't really say too much. and So he was praying, and then just out of nowhere in her prayer, and she said, and, and God, I just thank you for the fact that you are going to protect him and that he isn't going to go into his garage and get killed. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? That's, and she's thinking, what did I just say? And the person said, I had a dream last night that I went into my garage and someone came in and killed me. And I was terrified that that was going to happen. How did you know that? But the comfort that came from the intercession radically changed his life. I'm sure we've all seen stories where there has been miraculous healings or there has been comfort in challenging situations or even praying earlier for teachers and students going back to school to just to be ready for a new year and how intimidating that can be and I really do hope that a prayer like that would give you maybe that little bit of extra courage this week if you're like oh I'm uh, can I just have another week of summer maybe think back to that prayer God please Answer that prayer that Jeff and the church prayed over me today or this week. Remembering back to some of the things that people pray over us can be really, really powerful. The other thing I'll mention before we get into our main story is that Jesus prays for us, which is a really interesting dynamic because God is the one with the power that's doing these things, and Jesus is one moving in our lives. But it is also very clear that Jesus intercedes for us. Hebrews 7, verse 25 says, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So no matter what you are going through, Jesus is praying for you. It doesn't matter how inadequate my prayer might be for you. And certainly, I hope that it's a good prayer. But just know Jesus is praying for you. And I think that can bring us all the courage we would ever need. That the one that saved us and brought us into new life is, didn't just save us and run away. Hey, congratulations on that whole new life thing. Good luck. But no, he continues to pray for us. And that is such a beautiful thing. In the book of Daniel, this is just a fascinating book because so many different things are happening. And obviously in the short time that we have, I'm not going to be able to unpack all of the different things that happened in the book of Daniel. But there are two particular prayer moments that really did make a marked difference in the situation. And as Peter shared earlier, that this was during the time of the captivity of the Jewish people, where they were scattered throughout, at first the Babylonian Empire, later the Persian Empire. And early on in that time, when Daniel was serving the King Nebuchadnezzar, the king had a dream and was really disturbed by it. And so he went to all of his magicians and enchanters to find out what it means. And no one knew. And so the king was ready to say farewell to all of his magicians and wise men and people around him, including Daniel. And so Daniel's life was at stake here. And so he went to his friends and said, pray for me. Please pray that God will tell me not only the meaning of the dream, but the the dream itself. And so in that moment, in chapter 2 of Daniel, it says, he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling me, by telling them the secret so they would not be exalted along with the other wise men. So there was this moment where he's like, pray for me, something big's about to happen. And God showed up and revealed to him the dream that the king had. And his life was spared. And there are so many other moments, whether it be when he was in the lion's den and he was praying. But that's more on the side of you know, praying for himself. I'm sure he asked people to pray, but there isn't a direct quote about that. But he was only able to go to the king and save their lives because of the fact that God intervened. And he, he and his friends humbly asked for God to intervene. The other time was the prayer in Daniel chapter 9 that was read earlier, where Is a really great mixture of confession and begging and honor of God, knowing that all of these things are for the honor of God, that God wanted his people to be able to return home. And so all of these things are a part of this awesome prayer. But what I want to talk about is what happened right after. So he's praying this great prayer of intercession for his people. In chapter 9, after that reading, verses 21, Daniel says this, As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. Okay, so he's, something's going to be revealed to him, again, about the prophecies that had happened and the things that are coming in the future. And that's where the rest of chapter 9 and 10, and ongoing, continue to show some of those things that we're we're still even waiting on today. But then it continues and says, the moment you were praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. There are moments that when we pray and we intercede for others, that God involves himself in the conversation to, to do something, to intervene in that situation. So it was in the moment of Daniel's intercession for his people that God stepped in and said, like, and it, it wasn't all going to happen right away. It took some time for all of those things to unravel, and there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that talks about how those things came together, particularly Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Like, some of those stories kind of continue on from where Daniel was at. But I just thought it was particularly interesting that God, yes, he knows all these things that are going to happen. And he had his plan that was going to come out. But he allows us to intercede. He allows us to pray. And that's the moment he chooses to use, oftentimes, to send out the command, and to put things in motion. So then, how do we intercede? We talked about the power of intercession, a number of different stories. But now I want to focus on the practice of intercession. And so there's four things that I try to encourage people to do. Some of this material is actually from the training that we do at Crossroads. And some is just from my own scriptural reflection and time and ministry. The first one is to pay attention and to call attention. In order for Daniel to be able to intercede properly for his people in chapter 9, there's a lot of things he actually needed to know. So he knew about the sins of the people. He knew about the goodness of God. He knew about the prophecies and the promises that had been made so he was able to pray accurately because he was able to pay attention and he was also able to call attention to the sin that was going on and when i say pay attention call attention i'm not always talking about it in terms of sin it might also be a word of encouragement that when we're praying for people if you have a word of encouragement for that person share it because that's all a part of what God is doing in you. And so I love, you know, when I get to, to pray with people and there's just, just one of those moments where I'm able to encourage them. Like oftentimes something that was said in the prayer request, like when I'm talking to someone on the phone, for example, you know, you just, you just hear something about their heart or their, their love for people. And just to bring in that moment of prayer to, just to, to comment on that and to encourage them. And that's the great thing about interceding with people and praying for people that you actually know, that you are able to really encourage. But in order to encourage, you need to be aware and to to pay attention so you can notice things. To pay attention and to call attention is to look for the God moments in someone's life and then share them with them and encourage them with it. Colossians chapter 4 verses 2 to 4 says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful, paying attention, and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert." And be persistent in your prayers for all believers. Everywhere, that moment of paying attention and calling attention. The next is to pray the will of God. And we can see that with Daniel. But he knew from history and from prophecy that it was God's will to bring them back to their land, to their home, after that 70-year period. He knew that. So because he knew the will of God, he was able to pray specifically for it. And I realize when we are praying for people, we don't always know what his will is in a situation. And if we don't know, we can call that out. God, I don't know what you want to do in this situation. But like Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a phrase I often use when I'm praying for people. May your kingdom come and your will be done in this person's life. Because the ultimate goal of prayer, the ultimate goal of talking to God is not to advance our agenda. It's actually to interact with and respond to God's agenda. And we can bring our requests big or small, but we want to submit those things to the will of God because... Here's a news flash. I think we all know this. If God wants it, it's going to happen. If it's God's will. And sometimes things need to really be moved out of the way, and there's so many times where there's a big mountain or there's a big situation, and only God's intervention can do it, but we are still called to pray because we are invited to just be a part of the process with God. And how cool is that? That the God of the universe is actually going to Hear our prayers, listen to us, and allow us to be involved in the process of what He is doing in the world. That's the amazing thing about prayer. Every other faith that I've ever studied, prayer is not about that. And I'm just so grateful for the fact that God gives us the opportunity to be involved. And we're not trying, we don't need to try to impress Him. We don't have to all these other ritualistic and things. And we don't have to do that. We just need to simply come. And I love that song, Lord, I need you. And it's a great song right before getting up to preach. Yes, Lord, I need you. Or as Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel of this message. Or take take the wheel in my... Life. We want to be in, involved in praying into the will of God. And in Daniel's case, the will, his, God's will was for the people of Israel to return to their home. The next step would then be to pray the word of God. Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. God's word is powerful. And I am not one of those people that says, okay, lift one verse that seems like a promise that is relevant to all of us forever, and use that and poof, it's going to happen. In order to pray God's word, we need to read it. And not just the one verse that we can I would say that we need, to under, we need to do our best to understand the scriptures that we are praying. One example that I'll give is that Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans, and, you know, all this good stuff to give you a hope and a future. And that is a really motivational verse. But when you read the whole book, you see a little bit of a different picture because that was when they were about to go in to exile. And so God is saying, yeah, you're being punished right now. Something bad is about to happen, but I know the plans I have for you. Don't worry. It's going to work out in the end, even if it's hard now. But also right before that, a couple verses earlier in Jeremiah 29, it talks about seeking the welfare of the city. So the idea being, you are about to go into captivity— Don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. But while you're there, do everything you can for the benefit of the people and the place where you are. That's not an easy command. That's not an easy thing to be encouraged to do. But we know that that happened many times in the New Testament as well, when people, when the apostles are being threatened with death and going to jail and all of these different things... They sought the welfare and the benefit of the people around them. And how much more powerful of a church could we be in this community if we would do everything that we can to pray for the benefits of Thornbury? Clarksburg, Blue Mountain. Even in times where we're thinking, "I really don't like the way this is going. I really don't like the way whatever is, is happening. If we pray and we intervene as the hands and feet of Jesus, I really do believe that that's when that promise for, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, actually becomes relevant to us. And it's those kinds of moments when we pray and we understand the word of God, it can be very, very Powerful. I saw a quote as I was preparing this week that says this: Daniel's first approach to his concern was to carefully study the prophecies to determine whether he had a right to expect God to answer his prayer for Israel's restoration. When when Daniel understood by the word of God that he had a right to beseech the Lord in this regard, he presented his supplications. Daniel was able to petition the Lord with confidence for he knew that he was asking the Lord to fulfill prophecy and the eternal covenant made with his forefathers. Effective intercessors pray according to the revealed will of the Lord in his word. And so that kind of ties in the will of God and the word of God. But also the last part is to pray in faith. There's many verses about faith in the Bible. I particularly like Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God where we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So we can know that if we are paying attention to the things that are going on in the world around us and the people around us, and we call those things that we speak at, whether that's that word of encouragement for someone, and we seek the Lord that it be in alignment with his will, by his revealed word, and that when we pray with even that small mustard seed of faith, amazing things can happen. And I can't answer the question, and I've been asked this many, many, many times, and I wish I had a better answer. Why doesn't God answer every prayer? That's going to be in the we'll find out in heaven category, because I don't know. Believe me, I wish I did. But God promise, doesn't promise us everything we ask for, but he does promise us his presence. And he does promise that he's going to work through situations. I immediately saw on the wall there, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God. And sometimes that working out we might not see in this life, or we may only see in a dim reflection in this life but i come to you here today with the good news that god loves you he has a plan for your life and he is inviting you to be a part of his plan not only for your life but the lives of those around you because isn't that a beautiful Thanks for listening to the Blue Mountain Community Church Podcast. May God's word fill you up this week. God bless.